Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. Uh, we're examining the book of Ephesians right now in the second chapter and <laughs> learning so much stuff. I mean, uh, as you know, if you've been reading this along with us and just listening to us, there's so many little details here which explain so many things that the body of Christ don't know. Okay, they haven't learned. And I think we would do well to sort of slow down and examine each one of these things, okay? Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2 and start with the 14th verse. We looked at the 14th, 15th, and 16th last time. Uh, but I want, again, as always, to set the context because the argument builds all the way through. And here's what we learned last time, verse 14. For he himself, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, is our peace. And remember, we're thinking, okay, what peace related to what? The 15th verse talks about peace. Uh, is the 16th verse? Let me scroll down here. Uh, well, sort of, yeah. Peace between who? Well, he tells us, he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall. Well, the both groups are the circumcised and the uncircumcised. The Jews or the Gentiles. Uh, who's a Gentile? Anybody who's not a Jew. If you're not a Jew, you're considered to be a Gentile. And so the Lord did this, according to verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, establishing peace. So the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who abolished this enmity, that came about because of the law, because between the Jew and the Gentile, he abolished that, okay? Now, he didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled the law. There's a difference from that. Now, the reason he did this was to establish peace and that he might, verse 16, reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. We are reconciled to God. That's the reason I said in the last episode and previous episodes, that the reason that Jesus did what he did was to reconcile mankind to the Father, to put us in the right relationship with him. And he uh, reconciled us that we all would be one body. You don't have a Jewish group of believers and a Gentile group of believers. If you're a believer, you are one body. Yes, your heritage, your tradition may be uh, uh, Jewish, it may be Gentile, it may be this, it may be that. But as believers, we're all one body. Well, he continues the thought, verse 17. And he actually is quoting the Old Testament passage. And he says, And he came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who are near. So you see that peace is reiterated all the way through here. What happens when we're reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ to the Father? He preached peace to you who were far away. That's the Gentiles. Remember he said that earlier in verse 11, that you were far away, okay? He preached to you who were far away, but he also preached peace to those who were near. Who were the ones who were near? The Jewish people. So he preached to both the Jew and the Gentile. Then verse 18 sort of brings it all together. For through him, and that's the Lord Jesus, through him we both, both the Jew and the Gentile, have our access in one spirit to the Father. 
So you see in these in this passage right here uh, an understanding of the triune nature of God. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And right here you see in this one verse, for through him, Jesus Christ, we both, the Jew and the Gentile, have our access to one spirit, there's a spirit, to the Father. You have all three in this one verse right here. All three in this one verse. And you see that what happens, that the Lord is the one who gives us access. We have access to the Father, not in the flesh, not in the soulish realm, but through the one spirit. Get that, folks. That is so important. If you're a true believer, you have access, you have relationship to the Father himself through the Spirit because of what Jesus has done. Verse 19 continues. So then, ah, a little term of conclusion here. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Now, he's speaking to the Gentile believers here in Ephesus now. But you are fellow saints with the saints and you are all of God's household. So he's saying this, you are just as much a part of God's household as someone who's Jewish who believes. You are a fellow citizen with the saints, with the Holy One. Well, how did that come about? Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And boy, he's about to get into some really cool stuff here. So let me just read it and uh, let's see what it says. That Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Woo, some serious stuff right here. So he's telling them, the Jew and Gentile are brought together as one body. The Lord has done this. So Gentiles, realize you're no longer strangers. You're not alien. You are fellow citizens of the saints and of God's household. And you know what? <coughs> you're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets just as much as the Jews. As a matter of fact, the new covenant church is built upon this. And we see this in Ephesians 2. We're going to see a lot more about it in Ephesians 4, how it fleshes itself out. But Christ Jesus himself is the cornerstone. So he's using a picture of a building. The body of Christ is being a building. So Jesus himself is the cornerstone. And then each one of us, verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together, each believer is a part of that building, a very important part of the building. Later on in Ephesians 4, you're going to see uh, that the body of Christ is described literally as a body, and that each one of us is a uh, extremely important, valid, functioning part of that body in the same sense that every portion of our body is valid and functioning to some purpose. But here he's saying with a picture of a building that the whole building is being fit together and is growing into a holy temple of the Lord, or holy temple in the Lord. So there we have that in the Lord again, in Christ again. And that's what the body of Christ is. That's what the church is that is growing because it's being fitted together. But then verse 22 sort of focuses down on each individual in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. So he's speaking to them as a, a, a corporate body right there within that geographical region where he's writing his letter to, but he's speaking to them individually too. You are being built together into the dwelling of God in the spirit. Do you ever think of yourself in that way? as a part 
of the building that the Lord is building that is the church. Okay? And I'm not talking about the church buildings that we have. I'm not talking about the organizational church. I'm talking about the organism church that's described here is a building that's described in other places as the body of Christ. It is the holy temple in the Lord. You individually are being built together into it as the dwelling place of God in the spirit. The very dwelling place of God is each and every true believer. Individually, then functioning together as a whole. Amazing truths. If we could grab a hold of this, if we would abide in the Lord and live within these truths right here, so much that trips us up would fall by the wayside. So many things that we get caught up in cares and concerns of the world would fall by the wayside because we we would realize that the Lord has granted unto us everything that we need unto righteousness and doing what he's called us to do. Remember those works that we saw earlier in the chapter? The works that have been foreordained before the foundations of the earth? We would be living those out in the way that he desires. Well, again, I'm Dale. We'll continue on. I'll see you again next time.